Welcome to episode 103 of Blue Jays Happy Hour. I'm Nick Ashbourne, joined as always by Andrew Stoughton. And we often start with sort of a vibe check, and I kind of want to do that again, but I want to narrow the focus a little bit. Because, you know, again, we are recording on Thursday, and it is amazing how quickly sentiment can change around here. Uh, I feel like we're in an even in a different sort of mindset than maybe people were in on Monday. But earlier in the week, you got a lot of fire John Schneider talk which I found pretty puzzling for a guy who's, I believe, as of recording, like a 580 win percentage as a manager at the major league level, but also less than a season to figure it out. And I wanted to take this time, not all of the time we have, uh, our listeners will recall that there's a philosophical question we've been holding on to for an <laughs> oh, entire indeed. week, um, but take some time to delve into, I mean, I guess a little bit the psychology of why this is happening, but also... Like, I don't know. I mean, I can kind of, I think, predict where we're both going to be with this. But is there any merit to the idea that John Schneider is letting down this team? We'll put it that way. <laughs> uh, I, look, I mean, you could criticize the, the, some of the decisions that he's made. Absolutely. Um, but no, I tend, to, I tend to think I didn't even think a ton about those because it just, it just seemed like people, you know, pitchforks and torches demanding their pound of flesh somehow because this you know uh things are things are unacceptable uh or they were on monday which i don't think they were when we recorded on friday of last week or on thursday of last week but uh such is the vibe it uh it, it will give you whiplash this year um but yeah i i you know i like everybody else i have seen questionable things from schneider like you would from any manager i've seen lineups that uh uh i i understand why people are not happy with them um i as i would have said about charlie montoyo as well i don't know how much of that is him or uh or isn't i don't know how much of the bullpen stuff is him or isn't and um you know i could see Jimmy garcia maybe a little less at times though though his last outing went well um but no i don't i i don't see it i don't see how that would have helped anything how that would do you know would do anything uh even ross atkins who showed his ass on the uh uh, you know, in the Anthony Bass situation, would 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 I think understand from a PR perspective how quickly uh, things would go right to why why is this guy the fall guy when you're sitting right here going through another manager? Yeah, I mean, I think there would be a certain segment of the fan base would be like, "Wow, this is like decisive action on a guy who's not doing a good enough job." But I would like to believe, and maybe this is naive, that more people, like you said, would be like, why is he the fall guy? This guy's had less than one season. Is this really the problem here? And if you are the Blue Jays front office, like that is that level of protection that you kind of get. Like You rarely have the general manager get fired uh, and the manager stay put. Normally, it's the manager is the first one. And I get that from a fan perspective there's a feeling of impotence when the team has, you know, the talent that this team has and the expectations that this team has, and those things aren't converted into on-field success. It's easy to say, oh, well, the players are really good, so the manager must be the problem, and the manager is something that can be fixed. Like, you can't fix instantly with a decisive move the fact that Vladdy is having a bit of a weird year at the plate like you can't fix i don't know the slow start george springer had or alec manoa's you know he's in the middle of trying to get fixed right now but uh if you're watching the game at home that's something that you could say oh if that one thing was changed tomorrow maybe things would be different and when managers get changed often the results do improve but a lot of that can kind of get chalked up to regression to the mean right like a lot of times managers get fired at weird downturns for teams and then those teams that have been underperforming uh you know return to the level you might expect and that may or may not have anything to do with a new voice but i yeah i found the discussion very bizarre just so soon and i i know that there's some scars from the 8-1 game I know that, like you said, there have been some odd things. Some of them are that I disagree with most are probably not even the ones that some people do. Like the whole Whit Merrifield hitting second is absolutely <laughs> blasphemous to me. But I think a lot of people are totally f cool with that. 
Um, I, th- I mean, people want Vladdy sent to the moon, so uh, I'm sure seeing him as high up as he's been all, you know, all this time is probably irking people in a way that it does not me. No, and I, I'd be happy to see him hit fourth every single game for the rest of the season or potentially hit second, and um, you know, the faith remains relatively strong there. But I, I don't know. I think the whole Schneider situation just goes to show how, like you said, you know, we recorded last Thursday and the feeling was very different. And I know that there are these swings around every team, but maybe our, it's just us having shitty memories. But it feels to me like there's something to do with this 2023 team where the fan base is kind of unwilling to give it very much grace if things go wrong, even for a relatively short period of time. Yeah, I, I think that I think that that's true. I think that it has. Uh, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I don't know if it's conscious or not. And this, I wrote this in the thing that I posted uh, on Thursday. But uh, I have no doubt that the handling the Anthony Bass thing is still uh, fresh of mind, even if not front of mind. And and the the dent that that has put in the credibility of anything that the front office does, just the way that you know nobody, even if you're, even if you're like, like how dare they punish anthony but you know like nobody thinks that they handled that right like uh, because they didn't uh and uh, you know obviously not the same as hiring a hitting coach or or you know developing an organizational strategy for uh for you know going the other way or or player development or whatever but uh but uh that with a lot of other things i think has fanned the flames i think a little bit right and other things being you know uh, 2021, 2022, <laughs> how they've started this year, losing to all the other teams in the AL East. Um, you know, those are uh, those are not great marks on the resume of the front office, and maybe that that's that's where that's going. But it, it you know, putting it on Schneider is odd to me, and I, I think also, you know, I think I, I think there's a better case to fire Atkins, and I don't, you know, I don't think that he's particularly close to getting fired at this point either. Uh, and with a lot of things, I think that. Um, you know, you just say it, it. It is very helpful to be mindful of the rest of the league and think like the rest of the league, or think about the rest of the league. And you know, a person from outside this market would be like, "This is a well." Two two wins ago, they were an eighty on an eighty five win pace at a team that was projected to win eighty eight, eighty nine. Like, <laughs> I think people you know in other markets would be like, "What? What is even the problem here? They're a half game back of a playoff spot. Like, this isn't this isn't a thing where." This kind of drastic action needs to happen. But, you know, you sit there, you pay your money, you, uh, you watch a bad product, you watch a product that for six weeks has really not uh, looked like the thing that you uh, that you expected it to be, even if they're muddling along well enough to, to you know, stay very much in the race and have, you know, be well positioned going into these next, you know, this little stretch before the All-Star break where they have a, a bit of a soft schedule apart from the, the Red Sox and the, the Giants. Uh you know they're they're really not in bad shape even and, and it's it's hard to see that completely understandably sometimes when you're just watching failure after failure after failure but yeah to put it on one guy uh who isn't even the guy who's like constructed all of it uh is a little bit odd to me yeah yeah and uh, i think that part of it has to do with the way this team has been positioned like we spent so much time talking about rightly or wrongly the idea that oh okay you know these guys were sort of young and boisterous before and we're bringing veterans in and we're gonna have a more serious tone and we're not gonna make these mistakes and like some of those things were just goofy things to say because you are gonna make the mistakes like over an 162 game season you know what i mean like it it, we've talked about it before like it just it's just you're not setting yourself up for success kind of by saying you're going to run an airtight operation because nobody does over 162 games. Um, But I think that there have been these, you know, kind of long-standing thoughts of like, these guys are so talented. These guys are so good. Like you think back to 2021 and, you know, they fell just short. It's like, man, that was a good team. Like 2022, that's a team that should have, uh, should have beaten the Mariners at the very least in terms of the raw talent on the roster. And so it feels like some of these things from previous years are bleeding into 2023 and they're kind of falling into Schneider's lap. And that's not his fault in any way, shape or form. I'm not saying that he's done a perfect job, but he's done a job. I think it's fair to say quite similar to what most managers would do in his position. Like there aren't many savants left. There's not that much strategy differentiation 
Uh, it's kind of about running the clubhouse and keeping the guys pulling the rope in the same direction. And we don't really know where he stands with that, but you can infer that it's okay because he's got long-standing relationships with a lot of these players. Like I have a hard time believing that he's suddenly lost the room uh, in less than a full season. But I, I almost think that the 2023 Blue Jays have some unfair baggage where there's these lingering notions that the team should have been more and sort of this is the year that they're fixing it and when they're not fixing it and they haven't thus far and they may well like they're like you said they're fairly well positioned they can still make a playoff run hell they could win the world series and that might sound weird here uh based on what we've seen recently but it uh it is kind of unfortunate that he's the one shouldering it because it it just feels like something that's kind of in the groundwater at this point if that makes sense yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and, and you know, some of that baggage is self-inflicted, but not necessarily by him. I know, yeah, the the, the, the game uh, that we all know which one I'm talking about, uh, which was just such a fluke thing, but uh, in, in, in so many ways, though, not, not aided by great decision-making. Not by. literally every way. In so many <laughs> ways, but not all of the ways. Yes, exactly. Um you know, uh, but but that sort of stuff, like the runners in scoring position stuff, is uh, not thing not not a thing that our brains really uh, handle well, right? Like you know, it's like okay, even and even when you know that it is, even when you know, oh man, what a terrible break! This is another chocolate. Oh wow, another thing went wrong. Whether the game or the RSP stuff, you know, it does not make it any less exhausting to to have to sit through innings or weeks of it. Uh, and, and people get squirrely, I think, you know, uh, I, I like, I, yeah, I just, I don't think it would do, uh, literally a thing. I, and I think you could also argue going back to what you were saying correctly about, you know, the, the fact that managers get, get fired at a, at a point in time where things could only really get better. Uh, you could maybe even argue that about, uh, our friend John Schneider, right? Like, like, oh yeah, is he a six twenty two manager or whatever? Like, not that that even exists as a premise, but like. That was his winning percentage in 2022 was, I think it was 622. It's like, oh, is he that, was he that level of genius last year? Like, no, he took over and, uh, you know, he probably had a stabilizing effect on the team, but it wasn't, it wasn't like he did things radically different than Charlie Montoyo mainly. No, absolutely. And, and, and you're right that it's just, you know, it's a middle management position and it's a guy who is really, they've taken so much of. Uh, what people think of as managers, what their duties are kind of out of it and, and made it a group thing, made it a, something that's all gone through in, in pregame planning. And, you know, even, you know, who, as I said all the time about Montoyo, you know, people would criticize the bullpen stuff and it's like, you know, Pete Walker's right there and John Schneider's right there. And, you know, you know, people were <laughs> like Don Mattingly was going to be the man. Like, is that going to make a difference? Like, what, what are you, what are you thinking other than, I feel bad watching this all the time and I demand change, which completely understandable, if not rational. Yeah, the bullpen stuff is interesting and I, I try and stop myself on it sometimes because it there is an easy knee-jerk reaction of like, oh, this is the wrong pitcher for the spot. But a lot of the time, we just don't know who's available. Like that's the reality. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of the time we'd be like, oh, I would love to see this guy here. It's like, okay, cool. So would John Schneider. But that's just not what's <laughs> happening today. Yeah. Uh, and so there's, you know, there's a lot of it that there's that. There's also, you know, some micro data that we just don't have. And you can argue how much faith you need to have in that. But in terms of swing paths and like just more precise things regarding movement, like I, you know, we can say, oh, this pitcher is really good at uh, locating a sinker there and this hitter is not good against sinkers. Like that would be like the public domain uh, analysis, but there might be a, you know, a deeper level of analysis that we don't necessarily have I'm sure, access to. I'm sure to. that there is. I'm sure that and, every team has proprietary stuff like that. And yeah. that drives decisions in ways that are kind of difficult for us to understand at times too. So if I'm going to criticize a manager, like I hesitate to make it about the bullpen because as you said, it's, it can be a multiple person decision. There's times where we just don't have all the information. Now, you know, there are certain ones where, and maybe you see a pitcher later in the game. So you knew he was available and the manager is too rigid with waiting for their high leverage guys later in the game. And the game was being decided in the sixth and 
we saw that whatever Swanson was available and that would have been the better. Like there is the occasional time where you can really say, okay, this is a straight up bad move, but it's harder to do that than people think. I, I completely agree. Yeah. I, I don't, I, you know, I don't, I don't like getting too deep into that stuff too, even though, yeah, I'm sure you absolutely can pick out times where, uh, where there are de- decisions that I would disagree with and that other people would inevitably disagree even more with. Uh, but it also hurts when you just don't have the horses, which, you know, uh, the bullpen has been pretty decent, but like I mentioned, you know, I mentioned Jimmy already, but like, uh, uh, you know, Nate, Nate Pearson, God love him for trying to keep, you know, giving, <laughs> giving him the ball on back to backs, but, uh, and, and he probably is probably for the best to keep trying that, but you know, that's been a problem. Trevor Richards being, you know, turning into a bulk guy for a little bit and hopefully that's kind of ended. And, and we saw that, that the way, you know, he's used again in, in relief in leverage, uh, which is crazy to think of based on how he was, how he was going last year, which is, you know, uh, uh exhibit a, if Bo Bichette is, is not, uh, for everybody who's like jumping off the Vlad bandwagon of how quickly, you know, stuff could click. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, not having Richards when he was, you know, getting used up in the bulk role and then Pearson, you know, being used when maybe he shouldn't or therefore not being as available as he should and Garcia not going well. And well, I mean, you know, it, it just hit a little bit of a rut there, I think in, in general, and that's not going to make a manager look good either. One thing that we have done on this show quite a few times is kind of the bullpen gut check and, you know, kind of evaluating where we, how we feel about those horses. But right now it feels like the, the more pertinent topic is the lineup because they, like you said, they have the runners in scoring position issue. And you pointed out in your piece, you put out on Thursday, how, you know, it, if they just get a couple more breaks there, it makes a huge difference. And that's a discussion that I just don't, I don't think there's that much substance to. Like, I just don't think no. that they, these guys are remarkably unclutch and their brains are broken. Or if their brains are broken, <laughs> they're yeah. broken temporarily. And like, ultimately it's going to be fine because some guy's going to hit a disgusting blooper when they need it the most. Uh, and then everyone's going to believe in that they have it in them again or whatever that takes. But I did want to do a little bit of a confidence interval just on the lineup because it is the offense that has come under question. And there are individual guys that, I mean, you know, Vlad's name has already come up a few times that people have kind of different levels of confidence in. So when I say confidence interval on a 1 to 10 scale, I mean in Friday's, as we record on Thursday, in Friday's game, when this player steps to the plate on a scale of one to 10, you feel X that something kind of positive is going to happen. And presumably we're going to move our scale up a bit because like you could do it straight up baseball where it's like, oh, well, his OBP is 372. So that's how I feel about it. Uh, We're looking to get a little bit more subjective here and uh, move that scale up. So I think we're going to, we'll go guy by guy and uh just take a stab at that because i think i'd rather kind of gut check confidence interval whatever you want to call it where the lineup is than just kind of bemoan the lack of timely hitting or whatever i think there's some there are other we can leave that to other folks i'll put it that way <laughs> that completely fair uh i'm 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 frightened because there have definitely been some games you know less so against the marlins but there have definitely been some games where it's just like all right, I'm leaving the game on in the background and doing something in the kitchen. <laughs> it's been that kind of run lately. So uh, there are blade appearances that are blanks in my mind, but uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll fake my way through. I've, I've made it this far. So Okay, I mean, you got, we'll start with the leadoff guy, George Springer. Where's the, where's the feel on George Springer right now? You want a 1 to 10 rating on Springer? Yeah. Confidence interval. De- like decimals a, are allowed. The decimals are allowed. I mean, I point mean, five. I don't want any like yeah, point yeah, two, seven, nuts, nine, yeah. four, whatever. <laughs> I mean, like a seven, maybe a six and a half. Uh, but I think a seven is fine. Uh, it hasn't been great, but you know, not 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 what like. I mean, we could we will say this about just about any of these guys, but you know, not what he's capable of. But uh, I don't feel like <laughs> I don't feel like Vlad with running in scoring position, uh, <laughs> like level vibes as I with Springer as I do with say Vlad with runners in scoring position. Yeah, I, I think that's in the ballpark of what I, I would bump it up to a 7.5 because it feels like Ooh. a lot of the worst of Springer is behind us. Like that Fair. April was really rough for him. It's like a 68 WRC plus in that month. And since then, 
you know, he hasn't been height of his powers, George Springer. The literal power has been an issue. Um, but, you know, generally speaking, he's taking his walks. Generally speaking, he's not striking out. He is driving the ball, even if he's not hitting massive home runs necessarily. Uh, I, you know, he's kind of as good as he is healthy, generally speaking. And so April was a bit of an exception for that. But going forward, like the worry with George Springer is, Will he get a pinky tendonitis that makes his swing 14% worse? You know what I mean? Like, it, mm. it's just that. And so as long as he's sort of broadly himself, like, you know, and I say broadly himself in the context of, it, you know, it does look like the, the old aging curve is doing something here. Like, if yeah. you'd asked me in 2021, how do you feel about George Springer confidence interval? Like, I'm giving you a nine or something unless he's in a slump like i'm telling you oh this is one of the top 20 hitters in all of baseball i don't feel that way about him anymore uh no. maybe he <laughs> maybe that that'll maybe he'll have an insane month that will uh, change everyone's mind on that count but as far as the blue jays sort of offensive problems go uh, i'm definitely not considering springer to be like among them we'll put it that way i think that's fair yeah Bo bichette uh, Bo, you know, Bo is like an eight, and maybe I'm, maybe my scale is is a bit off because I could go higher there. You know, not as explosive production as uh, as at his best, you know, during his best runs of the season. But uh, you know, <laughs> he's your best hitter, and he has been all year. And you know, well, for, except for the flash of Chapman, but uh, yeah, put him number two spot every night. I'm, I'll go nine, man. Bo yeah, is Bo. Fair. Like he doesn't, he's not striking out this year. That's the big difference that's how he's got uh sort of better overall production across the board when we've generally seen but everything else is the same man like iso is the same yeah. babip's the same still doesn't walk uh terrible at stealing bases all of a sudden which is a bit of a weird thing considering it's easier to do that now and he went 25 for 26 a couple years ago but that doesn't count that's not part of this so i don't know that was just a stray for Bo that he didn't deserve <laughs> um yeah so yeah, I'm just giving him a nine. Like he, he's yeah, he's consistent. He is what he is. Like he, there will be times when it looks worse than it looks better, but the the track record is getting long. You know, he he always plays. He plays every day, basically. Obviously, <laughs> not most recently, but um, yeah, Bo Bo's Bo. I'll, I'll give that a nine. No, I think that's right. And you know, if I thought about this more, I mean, like it's not. I've limited my scale now because clearly nobody's going to be higher than than what I would give Bo, which I guess was an eight. And I'll stand by it just for the sake of you know being obstinate. But uh, yeah, real good, fair points. And Brandon Belt, he's, he's mean, just he's... came back, but like like let's sort of live in a world where he's doing approximately you know that we assume that that hasn't been a massive impediment to him. Is yeah, well, then that can be an eight too. I think. I mean, he was real good before he went away, uh, you know, and uh, after he was terrible. So, uh, you know, uh, not, it, it, this. I mean, on my little scale, might have to be a seven and a half. Um, but no, it's been nice to watch. Uh, no complaints there. Not giving you anything on the bases, but you know, that's 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 fine. Been uh, been the guy, you know, for several weeks, uh, uh, minus the IL stint that you uh, basically hoped for. Oh, I, I can't join you there. I like no? I, it's like a six for me, maybe. Like I, I feel six is like high. Like it's I, he, to be fair, like his, his April, as we know, <laughs> was d dismal, and his May and June have been better. But you know, May strikeout rate thirty two point five, June strikeout rate forty one point seven. Ooh, Babips I would have thought over five hundred in both of those months. Like it, hell yeah, it, getting the yeah, that's right. He's the sweet spot king. Like he may be yeah. the sweet spot king. <laughs> I just there's nothing about what he does right now that to me smells like sustainable production. And it has been fun. And the Blue Jays haven't had you know he has a he's a character on a low key level, and they haven't had much competent left handed hitting in recent years. And I get all of that, but. It's yeah, I just have a hard time envisioning this going well. Like his expected WOBA this year is worse than it was last year, uh, and last year he was a below average hitter. So I, again, I don't know if it's all going to blow up tomorrow, but it's just all the ingredients are w weird. It's like it's it's wrong. Oh. It's like when <laughs> it's like when people do peanut butter and Nutella burgers or something, and they tell you that it's going to be really good, and you're like, I. 
I guess, but I'm just skeptical. <laughs> I feel like have you had a peanut butter and Nutella burger lately? I have not. Okay, fair. Uh, you know, I look. I don't have the numbers in front. I mean, I could. I'm sitting at a computer, but like, uh, I'm just kind of going off vibes. Uh, I, I will defer to you on that one. Absolutely, those are <laughs> those are some weird uh, underlyings. Uh, absolutely. Um, all right. I mean, the big one is, is Vlad at uh, number four, and uh, the most talked out one. And I guess, really, yeah, it's sort of a number here is saying, what do I like? How I guess, kind of, how worried am I about the current state of affairs? Right? Like, I think both of us would give him some kind of like eight or nine, if not more, on kind of talent overall but you know it, there's no disputing that what's happened recently has not been particularly pretty so i guess it's just no. a decision about how much you want to weigh that that's fair and and, and that's sort of okay how long out are we looking here we're talking about you know are we talking we're about talking one about, at bat i should talk about friday we're talking about fridays at bat like how it's uh, yeah again like maybe We've gone down the rabbit hole a little bit on the particulars, but this is ultimately a confidence interval, a gut check type of thing. So Friday's at bat. When he steps up to the plate, how do you feel? Okay. Uh, it's like a six, I think. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, Chris Black from Sportsnet had the, uh, you know, one of his, uh, his excellent threads about this and uh, noticed something that had been brought up to me as well. I can't, you know, I can't take credit for it, but, like, you know, the barreled balls that he is hitting, and particularly uh, the, the pulled ones. I don't know if, the, I don't know where this wind came. I don't know if Arden and Ben were talking about it. Um, but whatever it is, yeah, they are not traveling as far. So he's barreling it and all those stat cast numbers look great, but, you know, and, you know, we can see it with our own eyes, you know, that, yeah, they're not, they're not, they're not getting as close to the wall or the other side of it as they have been in years past. Uh, Chris's theory was that, uh, you know, he's maybe chasing home runs too much and topping the ball a little bit. I wonder about the knee thing. Um, so it does put a little bit of a damper on, you know, not knowing that, not thinking too much about that. You know, I, I mean, obviously it's just got, it's looked real ugly lately. And, 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 you know, when you're, when you got Joe Siddle every night talking about your, your swing mechanics and, and doing a great job of it, but also just, you know, uh, how it ain't right. It, it does, it, 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 it saps some of the confidence that you have, um, but, you know, still strikes the ball really hard. Still, you know, it's still being productive. Uh, you know, I, I wish, I wish that, that it was a little level of disappointing production that, uh, he gave last year. Um, but still, you know, I can't, I can't ding him too much. Um, even though I'm sure it's, uh, not only fashionable, but perhaps correct. Yeah, I mean, I'm broadly with you. I'm even going to go higher. Like, I honestly, I don't go lower than seven with him. I just don't. Like, I think that... <laughs> ever. He, I mean, I, ever is silly, right? Because things can happen. But, <laughs> well, but sure, like, fair. in this context, and it's partly just because, yes, he, like, he is in a slump, but slumps start and end whenever, right? Like, there's no telling that tomorrow isn't the day where it all turns around. And I did a pretty big deep dive on Vlad that came out on Thursday in terms of his batted balls. And there's some stuff, like he's hitting the ball a lot to center field, which is just not a good way to do business in terms of your fly balls. But like, this is, I'm going to read, I'm not going to read it like the whole sentence. Like I'm not that uh, <laughs> into my own stuff. I'm just going to read like one stat that kind of stood out to me. And that's that in 2021, so a lot of the pieces comparing him to 2021, because much of his stack cast profile is pretty similar. And in 2021, he hit a line driver fly ball at 100 plus miles per hour, 4.7% of the pitches he saw. So again, that's a number, the con doesn't mean anything to anyone who's listening. I get that. But in 2023, it was exactly the same rate. So 4.7%. And then in 2021, 73.7%. And we're talking liners and fly balls 100 miles per hour. So it's pretty hard for this to be a bad hit, for lack of a better term. In that year, 73.7% of them went for hits. This year, 60.4% of them went for hits. So there's a, lot, like, there's a lot that he's doing that's just the right kind of stuff, and it's not really working out. And I think... Sometimes we are reluctant to admit how much the uh, how much the ballparks may have helped him in 2021, and I think that's a part of it as well. Is like, oh, he's hitting the ball the same; it's not having the same results. 
yeah, I mean, the context is a little different. Anyway, the whole, broadly speaking, yes, he's chasing a little bit more, but he still hits the snot out of the baseball. He still doesn't really strike out. And I just, I don't think there's any reason to believe that this extended slump, admittedly, that he's in is something that has to linger for any particular reason. Um, so again, like he, I still think of him as that generational type talent. And maybe if the rest of the season ends and it never gets better, that's something that requires reevaluation. But for now, I've seen one year of pretty good, but somewhat disappointing production and another half year of kind of disappointing production with really good underlying stuff. And that's not enough for me to kind of abandon ship on the idea of what Vladdy can be and should be. And, you know, I get that other people are less optimistic, but my reputation is not for being optimistic. So take that for what it's worth. <laughs> but the, but for, first of all, well, first of all, I'll say, I mean, those home runs in 2021, I mean, ballpark, are, are, like, oh, they, I mean, there, were, there were a lot of no doubters yeah, in there, right? Like sure, sure. That, that's, that's a thing. Um, uh, I'll also say the vibes, you know, I mean, I don't know if the funk's going to end on, on Friday, but yeah, I, I think, I, I think you're right that, you know, the confidence going forward. Absolutely. But uh, it's a, it's a weird, it's a weird place that he's in for sure. I mean, and everybody understands that. Um, How about, uh, yeah. All right. I, 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 you know, I got, I'm at a loss for words for on it because you know, it, it is, it is bizarre. How about uh, Mr. Dalton Varsha? <sighs> <laughs> I can guess based on that sound where the the range is, but go for it. It's yeah, well, I mean, it's like everybody else. For me, it's a bit, it's middling, right? I mean, I, I, it's like a six, I guess. I mean, he's had he's had his ups and downs. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, still, lots of hope for him. Again, I don't have the underlying numbers in front. Of, I'm just, I'm. This is purely a vibe, a vibe based number. Um, and maybe that's too colored by just how <laughs> dreary uh, it has been offensively for them for a little while. Um, but yeah, there's not there's there's more than there's more than a five there. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll go six point five. He's been he's been legitimately really good in June. He's been yep. uh, his power has been back since uh, since May basically the. April was bad. Uh, I mean, it is funny how Matt Chapman being incredible covered up how badly much of the team was hitting. Uh, he was he was really brutal in uh, in <laughs> yeah. March. It would be nice if somebody else would do that like l immediately. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I'll go six point five. I can't go that high with him, but I do think he's a guy where you show me his numbers this second and say, is he going to improve or do worse? I feel pretty good about him improving. Like I do think that, you know, strikeouts are very slightly down this year. The power's been there for a couple months. Like I'm not saying that he's, you know, going to hit at some all-star level necessarily, but I feel fairly good that the Blue Jays are kind of getting the Dalton Varsho they thought they were getting. It just so happens that the first half of his season is going to be not the best half. That seems fair. That seems fair. I uh, hope so. Yeah. Um, still lingering vibes from April, perhaps. But he also, uh, I mean, he yeah. just personally doesn't inspire. I don't know. Like this is unfair. Like I'm just saying, sort of straight vibes. He's just he's got a bit of a dreary thumb-like vibe. <laughs> that I don't know. It just like it, it when he's not performing well somehow it looks worse than when other guys aren't and that's not his fault that's just i, I think that i think that's well put uh, and, and of course you know none of this extends to defensively where he has been you know everything they they would have hoped i think absolutely uh and, and he's getting a little bit more run in center recently too and he's he's shown well there should be noted yeah uh yeah. well i gotta watch your, gotta watch the back going <laughs> going hard into that fence i was a little concerned there but uh, he's still he's not in his 30s yet um whit merrifield uh he of the number two hitter slot the 355 obp the 110 wrc plus whit merrifield yeah yeah it's like a seven, which is higher than it probably would have been at the start of the year. Not, you know, I still, hey, good on him. He has made me look foolish at times because he's he's been he's been a, a productive hitter. Um, he's doing, uh, you know, you see those leaderboards. I saw I saw a tweet going around like Luis uh, Arias and his, you know, 
uh, not hard hit uh, balls that have gone for hits and, and wits not far, but well, he's far behind him because everybody is, but uh, he's among those leaders as well. Uh, doesn't hit the ball hard, but uh, as Aries has showed, you know, can uh, uh, you get you can make that work, and he does that and does a, a few little things. Uh, uh, well, nice bench player, not really, I guess, what we're talking about. Uh, but has gone well enough that in my vibes based uh opinion i'm i'm i've i've got some confidence i i don't know i can't go above six like i <laughs> there's nothing that he's that's doing that's any different than what he's done over the last couple of years you know what i mean like we're talking about a guy with, with no. two home runs the strikeout rate is you know it's the same basically it's up very slightly but i'm not gonna ding him for that like the ISO is down slightly but again not enough to ding him for it like it's a lot of balls falling in and he does like he does seem to have a knack to some degree for manipulating the ball off the bat and he's run high babips in his career and he does, you know, he still has that speed such that he can beat out more balls. So he's not someone you can judge on sort of straight ball striking because he brings a little bit more than that. It's just, I, I, like I said, I just don't think there's anything that he's done this year that's really <laughs> different than the last couple of years. It just has kind of gone better, which is... I don't know, like that sounds silly, right? Like he's a kind of a significantly above average hitter this season. You know, 110 isn't massive, but like he's notably above average. And he was, no- was 20 points better than he well, was that's the last thing. year. Like he, even more he than was, that, right? That's yeah. why baseball's stupid. Like he he's notably <laughs> above average reasons. this season. And in the past, he, he was notably below average the last two seasons. And I'm telling you that he's the exact same guy, and I'm not wrong. <laughs> like that, that, is, that, that I, doesn't I happen right. in basketball or hockey. You know what I mean? It, it, it's just it's bizarre, but that it does not. But, well, you know, playing in playing in a different ballpark, maybe. Play, uh, but it's it's not just that. No, you're right. It's just the game is fucked up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so like like I can't go lower than seven for Vlad, barring some kind of craziness i just can't go higher than six for merrifield for the same but different reason uh let's get matt chapman who's somehow the number seven hitter although that is understandable given his uh recent slump which it's just it's been a wild roller coaster this season that's for sure it has hopefully breaking out of it uh, a little bit it was interesting to see you know he's still going opposite way a little bit because uh you know, there's a lot. You know, we talked about Schneider already. A lot of the the, the vitriol from the last couple of weeks, but uh, I know people definitely don't like the the all field stuff. Uh, feel that that has, and I'm not sure how you know how connected to reality this is. But feels it has something to do with the uh, uh, the lack of power. The, the you know connected to the lack of pulling the pulling the baseball. Uh, not sure about that, but thought that maybe to get himself out of it, Chapman would have done the thing that he did last year, which was really get a bit pull happy in the last four months, which kind of salvaged his season uh, the way that I interpreted the numbers at least. Uh, not really doing that, and, and you know it's early. It's only been a few games since he hasn't looked, you know, awful. Um, but uh, but it seems like he's breaking out of that a little bit. Um, yeah, he's like a seven. I mean, I'm just I'm in, I'm in the mushy middle for everybody at this point. Everyone's a seven. Yeah, I think seven's a good number. Like he, when I think about Matt Chapman, I think about a, a high variance, but ultimately above average type of hitter. Like potentially a really good. <laughs> that is certainly what we've a seen. A really yeah. good hitter at times. His his powers come around a little bit in June. Um, there's just gonna be times where he strikes out a bunch. There's going to be times where balls don't fall in for him necessarily. And it it can look pretty ugly sometimes with him. And he's someone where, I don't know, again, like slump times are a little bit arbitrary. They can start and end whenever. But he's someone that it feels easier to buy into his slump sometimes because the at-bats do look grisly. Uh, yeah, <laughs> this is accurate. Yes. But again, I yeah, I think he has come around just the tiniest bit in this month. and. You know, he still, he knows how to hit the ball a ton and he knows how to work the strikeout, the strike zone, sorry. Even though that often results in a strikeout because he goes deep into a bats, um, he's got the play discipline, he's got the power. We've seen him be very, very good not that long ago. So it is a bit of a weird, I'll go, I'm talking myself into a 7.5. Uh, I'll go 7.5. Right. Well, I mean, you also have to consider that it's his walk year, so uh, he's going to be trying hard uh, yes. as well. That's so, notoriously that how you win baseball games. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Danny Jansen, podcast favorite, Danny Bats. Yeah, Danny Bats. Uh, you know, kind of, kind of been doing Danny Bats things, right? I mean, I don't know that the numbers would bear that out as yet. Uh, sort of scant as the plate appearances are. Um, he's like a six for me, I guess. I don't know. You know, uh, well, well enough. I, I, my vibe based scale, I think that you know, uh, there's more there for sure. Yeah, I mean he he's another another guy who got off to a brutal start, so his his stats don't necessarily reflect what he's done lately. I, you know, talk about high variance, like he you know he's a he's a walking harmless fly ball at times. Uh, he's yes. striking out a little bit more this year, but you know the power's still there. He's got as many home runs as Vladdy, uh, so he he can. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> yeah, people don't like that sentence. Um, yeah, I don't know, like six point. Five, maybe, maybe just partly because he is a low OBP guy at this point. Like he is a, there's a kind of an all or nothing component to him. And I know over the course of a season, that's sort of fine and it sorts itself out. But in an individual at bat, like from a vibe perspective, um, he's just literally more likely to get out than all the other guys. So I'm going to ding him for that, even though that's not necessarily fair. Should be noted that he actually hits, uh, I think, better with runners in scoring position this season. Uh, had a, quite a few clutch hits, which is makes him different than uh, some of the other guys. I think I might have made... <laughs> by, by, by which you mean all of the other guys at this point, it feels. But yeah. Uh, oh, that's actually wrong. Uh, that's It's actually hard wrong. No, yeah. <laughs> whatever. He's good with men on base, but not men in scoring so far this year. So he's he's great with a guy on first, basically. That's where he thrives. Um, which is is handy. People are on first with some regularity. Uh, I want let's go Kiermaier quickly because I we promised this philosophical question. We're gonna have to skip the Ernie Clement talk uh, this time. Sorry, everybody. I know, and it it was literally <laughs> it was literally our only time. It was the, it was gonna be our only chance to go in on Ernie Clement. That's gonna pass us by. But let's do Kiermaier quickly, and then I want to ask you the question. Yeah, I mean, Kiermaier is like a six. I mean, he's you know. Uh, th- th- it, that's probably higher than it would have been before the season, and I shouldn't change based on you know some fluky numbers. But uh, but I'm sticking with the vibes. Uh, a little lower than it would have been uh, a month ago, but uh, tip my cap to KK. Yeah, I'll, I'll match your six. I, I probably would have said five coming into the year, and I'll match it just because the strikeouts are down. I know it's not a ton of plate appearances, but him being under 20%, like that's pretty notable for him. That's just not something he's done recently. So if he puts the ball in play, he's got wheels, good things can happen. Um, you know, if it's a lefty he's facing, that is that number is going to plummet. But uh, yeah, sure, let's call it a six. <laughs> I mean, Guillermo not getting credit for uh, for those those strikeouts going down. Okay. Only the bad stuff. They've only been coached into the bad of stuff. Of course, they they were they were all <laughs> hitting geniuses until they encountered the worst coaching mankind's ever That's seen. That's right. Um, <laughs> okay, here's a question that now now I've been pondering for weeks, literally weeks in the sense of two weeks, and you can answer this with in the form of a percentage or a binary, depending on your preference. So that I thought I thought of this question when the Blue Jays were having a really bad time, which, you know, they're having kind of a medium bad time right now. They did get a, a win against the Marlins, so it might not feel as pertinent to the moment, but I still two, two think it's uh, interesting. What is the likelihood? So you could say, yes, no, this is likely, this isn't likely, or you can do a percent, however your brain works, that the post Barrios trade 2021 Blue Jays, I'm talking, we don't know the outcome here. We're not going to incorporate that final game of the season. We're not going to incorporate them falling short. I'm talking about the time period of sort of August and the vast majority of September 2021 are the best or most fun version of the Guerrero Bichette Blue Jays that we ever see. Yeah, that is a, that is a wonderful philosophical question. Um, you know, it strikes me, as, as I recall, Vladdy kind of slowed down. So 2021 Vladdy, you know, he slowed down as soon as he got out of those ballparks. I know you're a ballpark <laughs> truther, uh, the, you know, Dunedin and Buffalo creation. Um, but obviously that was fun. Obviously Marcus, uh, Marcus, I mean, doing what he did. 
I think I think the chances are pretty fucking high. I, I, I'm in the I, if we're doing the binary, I'm in the likely spot, which is which is depressing in its way. Um, I mean, that's also sort of you know just you know the bird in the hand kind of thing, right? I mean, it, it's harder to you know just thinking about the odds of something being better than that. That was pretty good. That was pretty good when they uh, when they did all that. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I, 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 there were there were flaws, and, and this happens every time. You know, every, anytime you know you think back, and you're, especially a team with with, with success, you, you forget the flaws, and they kind of get they kind of fade out. And uh, you know, the the big home runs and the big moments uh, count. No, that was an incredibly fun stretch, uh, more so than we've seen in a, a very long time. Uh, certainly not in the last couple of years, even though you know the end of last year was pretty all right too. Um, but yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think having Barrios, having you know, you know, Matt's was going great. Robbie Ray was on his way to the Cy Young. That you know, kind of faded a bit. Um, bullpen was problems at at, at times. You know, not uh, not perfect, but uh, yeah, I'll, I won't put a percentage on it, but I will. I'll go on the likely side of things. Yeah, I I 100% agree with you. You know, you're talking about Simeon and Guerrero, two guys who are like legit MVP candidates rolling at the same time. Guerrero had a rough August by his standards, but he kind of came around in September. Um, you know, you've got Robbie Ray going for the Cy Young. You've got yeah, two, two two top three MVP guys and a yeah. Cy Young winner is kind of is kind of pretty good. The bullpen yeah. was maybe not elite, but more functional than it had been at times when it had been tragic. Um, <laughs> Certainly. No, I think Rafael Dolis was gone by that you point. You really had, you know, that version of the offense with Teoscar and Bo and Vladdy uh, looking as good as it could look. You had, you know, George Springer had been absent for most of the season. You had him back. You had him looking like kind of height of his powers. George Springer, the guy you signed to that contract, and at the time, you know, Springer was on the older end and you knew that there was a good chance that Ray was gone, but there was still this sense of infinite possibility surrounding Vlad and Bo, especially because Vlad had sort of established himself as a guy who wasn't going to be the disappointment that he had been, you know, again, it's a little harsh because he'd been very young when he came to the majors, but compared to expectations, he had fallen short in those first two years. And it seems like uh, a really nice moment for Blue Jays baseball that, you know, again, it is, it's kind of poison because of what <laughs> happened, right? Like, yeah. it, like uh-huh. no one is going to look back on it and think like, wow, I love when the Blue Jays fell a game short of making the playoffs. Like that was my favorite moment in this year of Blue Jays baseball. But in terms of having a really good team and also, you know, all the optimism was about Barrios at that point, like there was no negative feelings about that no trepidation uh it seemed like a great move at the time and i'm not saying that you know there's plenty of years of brios left we don't know how that story ends but there was so much going for that team in terms of yeah the star power the quality and also yeah that optimism that this was you know this was a start of something and, may, and i think there was always the awareness that you know they had dug themselves a hole and they might not be able to dig themselves out um but at the same time, you know, also the first season of Blue Jays Happy Hour, which I'm sure people think is synonymous with that time. Alec Manoa is a rookie. Oh, Alec Manoa. Uh, yeah. it, is, it is a weird thing to think, because not only is this era had some mileage at this point, like we've been in the Bo Vlad era for a while. We'd also been hearing about it for years before it even happened. Like it, it's almost a surprise it happened to the degree that it did, because often you hear about big time prospects and one of them you know, crashes out for whatever reason or gets traded or like it's rare that a fan base gets to envision what the future will be and then see that future come to pass. And that, yeah, I think there's a pretty good chance that that's the best version of that future, even if the result didn't go the Blue Jays way, because I don't, again, like, it's funny. We talk all the time, like 2023, we don't know what's going to happen. Anyone can do well in the playoffs, et cetera. But the road to being that good again is not an obvious one to say the least no it's true and it uh yeah it doesn't feel like they're on that road at the moment and things can change uh they certainly weren't last year even though uh you know winning win loss record wise getting to the playoffs wise uh 
yes, I don't think that 2021 team would have uh, fallen on its face quite the way that they did last year, though. Um, yeah, uh, no, it was real good. It's I'm a little, I'm a little uh, not ready to get nostalgic about that just yet, but um, to, uh, time is a passing, and uh, the more the the time passes without getting uh, a repeat of that out of uh, Vladimir, the 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 more likely it is that you're not going to see it, right? I mean, or an extension, uh, they don't, they for don't, that matter, or an extension. Yeah, uh, and you know, I think a lot of people would. Well, one of them, I think, it, it it swings back and forth who they think you know people think should get the extension, uh, if it's only going to be one. But yeah, it's uh, yeah, it uh, you know, savor it when you get it, I guess. Like because uh, that uh, that was that was a pretty exciting, optimistic time, and even though they're you know they're they're in better position right now. Uh, even though it's going to be a fight with all these teams that are sort of bunched up in the, and it's going to be a fight for a, a playoff spot that they did not want to be in. Um, yeah, they're, they're in a better spot right now, um, but not necessarily long-term. And it's crazy how well, you know, they, uh, you know, what they did afterwards, right? What they, uh, you know, getting Matt Chapman, though he's not Simeon, uh, getting Kevin Gosman to replace Robbie Ray, like that worked perfectly Barrios, they get extended. Uh, looked like looked like everything was coming together, and uh, it, it's just it's a funny game, I guess. Uh, we, we've <laughs> certainly uh, established that uh, on this episode yeah. and over the years <laughs> now, I suppose. Um, uh, that's a great that's a great ending, Brian. I think we're, we're gonna <laughs> we'll, we'll leave on that. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening in. Um, you know, we like ratings and reviews and all that jazz, but. Whatever you want to do is cool, and we will be back with you next week. Hey, my name is Harlow.